0: You're listening to
1: (laughs) A Mamma Mia podcast From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick and today I'm joined by
0: Lucy Neville. I'm the co-host of Mama Mia podcast, The Undone, which is all about life in your 20s. And I'm filling in today for key reasons. This is my favourite show to fill in on.
1: Oh, well, you're our favourite co-host like <laughs> having come and fill in. And is today Undone Day. Oh no, it's only Wednesday. Tomorrow's yes. Undone Day. There's a I new look episode of The to Undone that.
0: Tomorrow. Yeah, Laura's our biggest hype girl. She always messages about the episodes, which I very much appreciate.
1: I just find it really funny, maybe because spiritually I am stuck in my 20s. But I enjoyed last episode's, like, that story about the period sex. I know. hilarious and relatable. I know. If anyone hasn't listened to that, go and listen to it. It's so good. We've got range over at The Undone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, on the show today, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have given a pretty revealing interview to GQ. Everyone is buzzing about it today. There's some wild stuff in there, and we're going to break down the biggest moments. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gossip? I want more headlines.
0: So Channel 7 had their upfronts yesterday. And if you don't know what an upfront is, let me give you a brief rundown. It's basically a presentation that media companies and television networks do once a year where they get in front of clients and potential advertisers and let them know everything that's coming up. And obviously the hope is that those clients and potential advertisers will see what they're doing and want to jump on board as partners over the next 12 months. So... It's also where we, the people, learn about what's coming up in terms of programming over the next year, which is also equally as exciting. I don't have any money to give you Channel 7, but I am very interested in what you're going to be showing me on TV. (laughs) So here are some of the big announcements. In 2022, The Voice, Big Brother and Big Brother VIP are coming back, as well as SAS Australia, Farmers Wants a Wife, which will feature the addition of Sam's Choice, which is a special segment featuring Samantha Armitage, and Dancing with the Stars, All Stars Will Return. Plus, The Voice Generations, which is a global television first with singers and musicians from different generations performing together. Plus, the new Australia's Got Talent, which was put on hold last year due to COVID, hosted by Ricky Lee Coulter. And also, Australian Idol is coming back, as well as the return of My Kitchen Rules with all new judges that will be announced soon. And it's returning to the contestants' kitchens and their competing state versus state again. In news that will surprise no one, Home and Away is returning for its 35th season. (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness Summer Bay is alive and well and it will be 45 weeks on air. I don't know about you, but 45 weeks, I've never actually thought. That is like nearly the entire year.
1: It's so much. Every time I interview any, like, international stars who have left Home and Away to go and work on movies overseas, they always say Home and Away is the hardest, toughest, longest hours they've ever had.
0: It's crazy. Also, Seven is commissioning apartment rules, which is a new twist on the long-running hit House Rules. They're also going to be streaming the Olympic Winter Games Beijing, the Commonwealth Games, the AFL, Supercars Championship, including the Bathurst 1000, so lots and lots of sport, and over a dozen new local and international shows for Channel 7 with more for 7 Mate. They also said they're committing an additional thirty to $40 million to new local productions, so it sounds like we have a lot of TV to watch
1: in very exciting news and guys I have been pitching this movie all week in our meetings and I couldn't get it across the line until the trailer came out so this is just a personal excitement for me but this morning the very first trailer for the new Scream movie which is the fifth in the iconic Flasher franchise was released and in very exciting news for anyone who grew up with these movies it's reunited the main cast of the original movie to once again face off against a ghost face killer. So the new movie once again stars Neve Campbell as Sydney prescott david arquette as detective dewey riley and courtney cox as gail weathers there's also a bunch of new stars joining the cast including melissa barrera who i'm sure people loved in in the heights dylan minette jenna ortega and jack quaid so let's have a little listen to the trailer hello it's happening three attacks so far do you have a gun
0: i'm sydney prescott of course i have a gun.
1: Something about this one just feels different.
0: Samantha, I'm—I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready for this? Never. There are
1: certain rules to surviving.
0: Attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground.
1: absolute chills i could not be happier right now so the movie's not coming out until next year january 14 2022 but hopefully everyone can go back to the movies then so we'll be able to see it and lucy this morning we were trying to work out if you were even alive when the first scream movie came out and i did mm. double check it came out in 1996 so you might have just scraped in there i was born in 1996 yes oh there you go so you're as old
0: as scream <laughs> the original i'm sure this is one of the films my parents were definitely showing me as a newborn totally
1: yeah exactly what well, was a rite of passage when you're in primary schools you had to sneak like a copied VHS into a sleepover and then spend all night like not being able to sleep because you thought a slasher was in the house and then you had to
0: confess your sins anyway because you'd go home from the sleepover not be able to sleep and your parents be like what's going on and you're like I watched what you told me not to watch
1: yeah exactly but (laughs) I I think also like the exciting reason it's coming back is that not only is like I'd say the first movie is one of the cleverest slasher horror movies ever made like it did completely redefine that genre And also, Neve Campbell is a really interesting one, too, because she was, like, the biggest star of the 90s, being on Party of Five, and then she was, like, the leader of all these movie franchises. And then she was one of those actresses that Hollywood kind of just decided once she hit her mid-30s that she wasn't really worth putting in movies anymore. And really interestingly, I interviewed her a few years ago because The Rock of All People called her up and was like, I know you're not really getting much work. Do you want to be in my big action movie, and she was like, yes, please. And I was interviewing her for that, and I was kind of saying, like, where have you been the last couple of years? You know, like, why haven't you been working? And she was like, I've been here. I was trying to get work, but it was a weird time for me and no one kind of wanted me in their movies anymore. So I just love that she's back as this character, and it makes sense to kind of have this well-worn Sydney Prescott who has been dealing with this trauma for years back on the big screen. It's just very exciting. We will pop the trailer in our Facebook group if anyone else would like to have a look at it. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamma.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. So everyone's favorite tongue kisses, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, have given a new joint interview to GQ that everyone is buzzing about today, and look. It's very romantic, but there is some very weird shit in there. Mm. So at first glance, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that exciting because the title is True Romance. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly are Hollywood's hottest new power couple, which I feel like is just an untrue statement. Like, they're definitely (laughs) the most photographed, talked-about couple, but I'm not sure how much real power. Yeah, I don't think they're shaking down Hollywood studios, but that's beside the point. And the tagline reads, On a wild summer's night in Los Angeles, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox explain their world." whirlwind courtship from first meeting on set to their deepening spiritual connection and how this love has seared them together for life. Oh <laughs> so God. Lucy. Starting from the top, there's a lot to get through here. It kicks off with them giving each other tattoos, yeah? Yeah, it does.
0: I feel like obviously you're going to put it on a little bit for GQ, but is this something that you guys do every day or is it just, you know, just for the magazine? Okay, gotcha. So my favourite line as this started was from the writer of the article. <laughs> she said... It's going very well, but they could use more direct light. First of all, I was like, no one is tattooing me without direct light. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) And then she says, this is how I find myself holding my iPhone flashlight over machine gun Kelly's pelvis while he reclines on a green velvet chase. Fox, clad in a flannel shirt, crouches over him and places the tattoo stencil along his hip. And I was like, am I reading (laughs) softcore? Yeah, right. (laughs) What what is going on? The descriptive language, the velvet chase, the crouch. From the get-go, I was like, okay, this is very romanticized and sexualized. And of course, we're tattooing each other on the lower hip.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they were trying to give each other tattoos on their inner arm vein, which I didn't know was a prime tattoo real estate, but apparently it is for the rich and famous. But mm. he's just so chocolate block full of tattoos they've had to find this, like just any kind of spare space. And what they're tattooing is the darkest fairy tale on each other, which Megan Fox says alludes back to one of the first text messages we ever sent to each other. And she's talking about how nervous she is, which you think you wouldn't want to get a tattoo. But then Machine Gun Kelly says he's done some drunk scrawling with a tattoo gun before. But this is serious.
0: I also laugh so much that that was like alluding to their first text messages. Like surely the first message is like, hey, is this you? Yeah.
1: (laughs) What's up? I
0: got your number from your manager. Like it was absolutely not that. It was not that as their first message.
1: Yeah, they've really kind of built up this mythology around themselves. And I think they are having this kind of really overtly sexy whirlwind romance. Like, I think that's true. But I think the bigger reason why they're being so over the top with it and they're doing so much press around it is that they know how lucrative this is for both of their careers. And they probably think, like, there's only a small window of time that they can really go through this hype. The way they speak to each other, the way they talk in this article, the way they kind of talk about how they text each other. It's like, are you really having these big, like, talking about each other being twin flames, the darkest fairy tale, I bleed for you, I'll die without you? Or are you at home being like, do you want pasta tonight? Shall we watch, like, Dancing with the Stars? Like, I feel like it's probably more like that.
0: Probably. They talked about how they met in the article and they talked about a time that they were actually at the same party but they don't kind of count it as the first time they met because they didn't really speak face to face but they did say this okay (laughs) so Megan said I think we weren't allowed to see each other yet we weren't supposed to run into each other that night so our souls our spirit guides were luring us away from each other and thank god because what torture had I known you were there and I couldn't get to you it was better I didn't (laughs) know
1: Yeah, so they say that they talked, but their faces were a blur as if the universe was, (laughs) like, hiding each other's faces because fate wasn't ready for them to meet yet. It's like, just say, you were both probably high as shit or drunk, or you just thought he was some weird, weedy guy in the background of the party and you weren't into him. Like, that's okay, but I don't think fate gave you temporary facial blindness to stop you from meeting
0: yeah maybe they were dating other people but it's easier to say that fate was the reason that they. yeah exactly come well, I think she time.
1: was married at the time and she said they had one conversation at the party she's like I remember this tall blonde ghostly creature which again the whole fairy tale thing like they're really leaning into that mm-hmm. and she said I looked up to him and said you smell like a weed and he looked down at me and said I am a weed <laughs> How do you not remember that person, even if you can't see his face, the guy at the party who said, I am a weed, and then ran away? She said he ran away into the night like a ninja in a smoke bomb.
0: Oh, my God. I feel like someone has, like, drafted this story for them. Like, they've hired, like, a fan fiction writer to be like, how would you describe this first meeting when we were at a party and it probably smelled like marijuana? How would you describe this um, run-in? And this is how the fan fiction writer had put it. I also liked when they were describing the first, well, I was going to say the first kiss, but I don't know. You tell me if you would call this a kiss. He said, even our first kiss, she wouldn't kiss me. We just put our lips right up in front of each other and breathed each other's breath and then she just (laughs) left. First of all, that's foul.
1: I was going to say, I hope they pop some mints or something. Like that just not doesn't COVID seem. safe. Not COVID safe.
0: And also foul. Like if I was on a date with someone and they just breathed on my mouth and then left,
1: absolutely not. I was going to say, is that what the kids are doing these days? Like I haven't been on the apps, but it might be a thing.
0: Um, I promise you as a kid, as one of the <laughs> yeah. kids in question, it is not a thing. So it seems like almost a knockoff twilight. I'm going to put it out there as that because I kind of think back to me as like maybe a teenager and I'm like, this is absolutely how I would have written my own romance, even though from the outside, it's like we met at a party, we nearly kissed and then we went on a first date. But in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 our souls. You know what I mean? Like it (laughs) seems like they've really done a good job of romanticizing this for themselves, but They do talk a lot about how it's not all perfect, right? So they say, obviously, it looks very sexy and hot and whatever it is from the outside, which is not an accident, I'm going to say. But again, in the romantic language, she says, our souls chose this to absolutely have to face our shadow selves, to face things about ourselves we didn't want to have to know and that we tried to push away. And I don't know what a shadow self is, to be (laughs) honest, but I think the crux of it is that They both have demons and coming together, they have faced them maybe for the first time rather than ignoring them or kind of just going about their very glamorous lives and not paying much attention to them. So I think that that is quite positive.
1: Yeah exactly and when you say demons like with these two they could be facing literal demons and I'm sure that's something they've talked about but Mm. there is amongst all the craziness in the article and even the photos like there's one where she's like kneeling on the floor holding up a gun to his crotch and he's like smoldering and he's talking about the fact that if she kills him it'll be like a gift because he loves her so much which I feel like is a level of cosplay too far there. But they do talk about their kind of shared trauma. So we've talked about this before on the pod, like Hollywood put Megan Fox through the absolute ringer with sexual assault and bullying and having her fired from movies and Michael Bay, who was kind of the one who discovered her kind of treating her really poorly behind the scenes ever since she was a teenager pretty much. So she's kind of talking about how that has led to her having a lot of image issues and body dysmorphia. And then she talks about the fact that Machine Gun Kelly grew up in a really tense environment with a lot of abuse and that their first meeting, I mean, even this bit's a bit weird, but it's hard to kind of laugh at something like this where she talks about kind of bringing the pain out of him and that's how they've been brought together. So it's weird because they do seem like kind of a cute if dysfunctional couple, Yeah. but they're so caught up in making themselves seem like a wild Hollywood love story. They just take it too far.
0: Yeah. I know. I mean, he also says that hanging out together always leads them to unexpected places and he tells a story about how they went to Bora Bora, ended up taking mushrooms and getting (laughs) on a boat and climbing a mountain looking for a sacred banyan tree they saw on a map, which they found. So it looks like they do have a lot of fun, but I think as well the elements of their relationship they keep quite private are that they both have children to previous marriages and, like, we don't see a lot of that. It's almost like it's purposefully left out of kind of the media, not the front, but kind of what is given to the media. So look, I hope that they're very happy. They're very sexy. Do your thing. Like if I find myself in a whirlwind romance like this, I will probably reach out to GQ as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like I said, they know exactly what they're doing by cultivating this for the press because like we still have a lot of celebrity showmancers and we still have a lot of celebrity names like the will kind of lower tier of celebrities having their publicists link them to different people in to get some kind of airtime so they can get bigger projects like that's still a thing that happens but it's been a while since we've seen a celebrity couple like this I mean Courtney and Travis a little bit but it's different because they're not giving big joint interviews and doing photo shoots and stuff together they're more just posting to their own Instagram accounts now they've kind of even pulled back from doing that but it's like Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly have decided to make themselves a joint brand. And it's been a while since we've seen a Hollywood couple go this far on their branding, like Ben Affleck and J-Lo a little bit, even though they had 20 years of material to pull from. But it's been a while since we've seen a newer couple do it. And I quite like it. I'm sick of celebrity couples being like, I'm just going to keep that private. Like we're just a normal couple. We're so boring at home. And I'm like, that's literally not why we have celebrities. We want you to do wild stuff.
0: Yeah, it's also definitely not accidental. In the article, they do allude to a secret film project they're working on in the autumn. So it's like they know what they're doing.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. They're definitely hyping up for a movie they have more control on because infamously they did meet on that movie, Midnight in the Switchgrass, which they have both actually panned multiple times. They've talked about it being the, one of the worst movies of their career. They also skipped the premiere, like in protest, which would have been such a big moment because they're the stars. I mean, there's bigger names in that movie, but they are the stars because of their relationship yeah. and they refused to go to the red carpet. They refused to go to any of the big events or press because they said the movie is so embarrassing. They don't want to be associated with so i wonder if they're like pushing their relationship forward so this next move they do can overshadow it we'll see well we will link the full article in the show notes so everyone can have a read of hollywood's weirdest but also lovable couple well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And while you're listening, as always, please make sure you're following us. And if you can, pretty please leave us a review. We'd love to know what you guys love about the show.
0: And if you want to hear more of me, you can find me on The Undone, which is a Mamma Mia podcast of people navigating their 20s without a GPS but. We also have listeners in their 30s and 40s and 50s trying to find out what their 20s are doing. So I co-host The Undone with my friend Emily. We used to live together. We worked together at Mamma Mia, where nothing is off limits. And on tomorrow's episode, Em explains how she managed to achieve a meditative orgasm, which is exactly as it sounds, and it blew my mind and also probably hers, to be fair. So check it out wherever you get your podcast tomorrow.
1: This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Madeline Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. See ya.
0: Mama Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.